This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to a special podcast from the Cap Times, something we're hoping to make a weekly feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I'll sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today I'm here with Brianna Riley, who covers state government for the Cap Times. Thanks for being our first guest. Thanks for having me on this inaugural edition. <laughs> you wrote about some controversial changes underway in the Wisconsin State Assembly. What kind of changes are we talking about? Essentially, um, Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has been, his staff has been directing um, assembly staffers, so research assistants and committee clerks, to fill out weekly agency overview reports to his office. So they basically just take a look at what a state agency is doing on a regular basis, so relevant headlines um, to the department's efforts, um, different social media activity, looking at vacancy rates within the, in the department and things like that. How did you learn about these changes? I was approached by a liberal organization, One Wisconsin Now, back in May, I believe, um, and they had gotten a copy of a research assistant training presentation that had been given to assembly staffers back in February. Um, the presentation didn't say anything about weekly agency over, overview reports, but it did talk a lot about um, monitoring social media accounts, keeping an eye out for um, different developments in, in the state agencies. And um, the person that approached me was uh, interested in whether I thought it was worth the story. Um, and at that time, I was very highly skeptical. I thought that it, it just appeared to fall into, you know, oversight as usual. Um, but I you know, figured that I'd do my due diligence and file a couple subsequent records requests to see what was going on. And then that's how I uncovered um, the weekly agency over, uh, overview reports themselves and got a sense of the scope and um, the amount of, I guess, work it appears that's being put into this effort and has been for the last for the last year. So these agencies are part of the executive branch. Is it normal for the legislature to want to know what they're up to? Sure. Um, there is certainly a system of checks and balances in place, right, that each branch of government is supposed to act to ensure the other one is acting in good faith, right? Um, in the legislature, there are things called standing committees, which are panels of lawmakers that specialize in different areas and seek to craft legislation to make those agencies more efficient or to solve problems that they're seeing that pertain to a certain agency. Um, and those are also standing committees that that perform oversight of these agencies. You see this a lot playing out in the state Senate, which is working to confirm the appointees of Governor Tony Evers' cabinet. Um, so it's certainly not abnormal to have the legislative branch performing oversight of the executive branch. But what's interesting here is that it's unclear whether um, a process like this, where uh, assembly staffers have been directed to file weekly agency overview reports, to the Speaker's office has ever been put in place so formally before. And what kinds of things are we talking about that they might be gathering for these weekly overviews? So I, I highlighted some, some examples in the story, but um, waiver requests, uh, information about lawsuits that are pending, um, news reports, like I mentioned before, uh, that pertain to the department or other top appointees, 
um, the social media accounts, so the official state agency accounts on both Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Voss office had also directed um, directed staffers to keep an eye out for whether someone had posted, quote, something questionable on a personal account, end quote. So there's a lot of different stuff in these reports, and it, it varies um, staffer to staffer depending on how they fill them out and what's going on on a weekly basis. And so it's a question of is this oversight as normal or is this on some other level? Correct. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to boil it down. Um, some Democrats that I've talked to have said that this is, you know, beyond oversight. And I'm, I'm quoting um, Minority Leader Gordon Hintz right now, uh, the leading Democrat in the state assembly. Um, he was pretty concerned about the the activity that I described to him. Um, he said that this amounts to opposition research that um, assembly staffers shouldn't be doing this on state time, um, that it could be used for campaign or political purposes, and that assembly staffers already, and legislative staffers in general, already have the ability to talk to certain point point people in the agencies, gather information um, currently without having to fill out these these weekly reports. Tell me about the context framing these changes. What's going on around these? Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind, too, during when you're digesting this story, is this um, presentation directing assembly staffers to you know, fill out these reports um, came after came about a month after news reports um, from the journal Sentinel and WISPolitics.com showed that Assembly Speaker Voss had added seven new staffers to his office. And I found that some of these same staffers are the ones that are overseeing the collection and review of these weekly reports. I, it's, it's unclear, you know, for example, if this, if this operation, this oversight could be happening without those staffers. But um, it's worth noting that that action came first back in January, and then a month later we had these reports, and that's when the, the filing really started happen, happening was mid-February. Um, but all of this also happens in light of the what's what critics call the lame duck session that happened during um, the December the December 2018 extraordinary session, which followed the election in November of Governor Tony Evers, a Democrat, and um, the maintaining of Republican majorities in both chambers of the legislature. So it set up a, a situation where um, you know the the lame duck session happened. Assembly Speaker Voss had talked about staffing up to counterbalance the the executive and, and Governor Evers. And now we're seeing, you know, these weekly reports being filed too. And to be clear, some of the people who uh, are doing this new form of oversight are, in some cases, people who worked in the agencies that they are now monitoring? Yep, that is correct. So one really good example is a staffer in um, Representative Petrick's office, who oversees the Department of Workforce Development. He was a former, he had previously worked for DWD, the staffer did, um, for three or four years under the Walker administration. So we, uh, in my reporting, I, I note that he filed quite a few records requests with the agency. And, you know, no, having worked on that side of things, it's it, it maybe a little bit easier to kind of um, figure out which which areas you need more information in or want to kind of dig into more. But in off-the-record conversations I've had with other people, there is there is a, a point about how some agencies seem to be facing more 
oversight, more monitoring than others. So this could be an instance where DWD might be seeing more of that, but that also could be because of someone with a more specialized background coming in and, you know, thus being able to file these more uh, pointed requests. And what does Voss say is going on here? So I, I talked to Speaker Voss back in December for end-of-year interviews, and he says that this effort is really to just have a better understanding of what's going on with the agencies. Um, he also lamented that um, the legislature uh, sort of failed, I guess, during the Walker administration to effectively perform its oversight role of the of the executive branch. Um, and he said that lawmakers' job, you know, no matter who the governor is, to to be a watchdog. So he's really playing up the. This is part of the assembly or the legislature's natural oversight role. This isn't any I mean, this isn't outside the bounds of normal. Maybe we dropped the ball during the Walker administration, but that doesn't mean what we're doing now is inappropriate. And I imagine that generates some skepticism from critics. You imagine correctly, yes, that's for sure. I I, I had mentioned uh, Representative Hintz's, uh, Minority Leader Hintz's criticism before about how this might fall outside of the bounds of oversight as usual. But that's part of the central debate here is, you know, do you, is this normal oversight or is this taking it a step further? Who's footing the bill? That's a really great question. And it's something that I want to address because there's no clear-cut answer. Uh, so, you know, the assembly budget um, is covered by taxpayer dollars. So all of these staffers are, you know, funded by taxpayers. But it's unclear, you know, how much time it takes in a, a given assembly staffer's week to actually fill out these reports. So we don't know how much of the time they, that they, they spend at work is being used for, for these purposes. We do know that, um, the, you know, we have the exact salaries of all of the seven, um, the seven new staffers that Assembly Speaker Voss brought on. Um, but again, we also don't know how much of their time, or how much of their time overseeing um, this whole process is, is being spent doing so. You know, how much time they spend on a weekly basis reviewing the reports, engaging with assembly staffers about any questions they have about this process, and things like that. So it, it yeah, the, the long and short of it is we don't know exactly how much this is costing, but it's a really good question to ponder. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And so zooming out, what does this situation tell us about how transparent state government is at the moment? I think that's such an interesting question because this all comes on the backdrop of a lot of criticism of the Evers administration for not being open or transparent. And a lot of that criticism, to be fair, is coming from from Republicans or um, GOP slash conservative interests. But um, it is worth noting that Evers, for example, was criticized by a conservative group for no longer maintaining a public dashboard, tracking the progress of records across, across different agencies. He's also been sued by a Milwaukee TV station um, after his office initially denied a records request from them um, for a day's and a week's and a month's worth of emails. You know, but all of this transparency argument is happening over here. But then meanwhile, people are are pointing out that Voss has requested changes to gut the state's records law in the 2015-17 budget. Walker had his own public records challenges. So it's always a question of... um, 
there is an argument to be made or questions to be raised about how transparent the executive is, how transparent the legislature is. But the, I th- uh, these are questions that come up during every single administration. Um, I, I think Ben Bransell, a former Assembly Republican speaker that I, I quoted in this article, sort of summed up the point really well by saying that um, under complete Republican control, maybe these efforts wouldn't be necessary because there'd be more talking between all of the branches. Um, so legislative liaisons, the point people in the agencies would be more inclined already to sort of have free-flowing conversations with the legislature. Maybe in an era of split government, those conversations don't happen as frequently. So it's it's a lot to look at and, and, and digest for yourself, I think. And what outstanding questions do you still have about this after you've reported this story? Like, what haven't you been able to get answers to? There is a lot, actually. There, there's quite a bit. Um, I, I think that I just don't know if it would have been possible without bringing on seven new staffers to Speaker Voss's office in the first place, if it would have been possible to oversee this this weekly agency report gathering. I also am curious about... You know, to what extent something similar has happened under past assembly speakers? I, you know, tried to get this information from a couple different sources to see if anyone tracks it, or, um, and I also reached out to different um, former assembly speakers as well to try to get a sense of how they perform their their agency oversight duties, and mostly got no comments <laughs> or or declines or declines to comments. But um, Ben Bransell, who I mentioned before, a previous assembly speaker, said that he hadn't had anything, although he was only speaker for a year in, in the 90s. So that's a, a still an outstanding question. You know, how common is this sort of practice? Um, how much work is this putting on assembly staffers? I, that, that was a criticism from Minority Leader Hints that this whole practice means that staffers have to take time away from their constituents or their other internal office duties to be able to do this. Now, one of the assembly staffers that I spoke to um, on background for this uh, told me that over the course of their job already, they had to compile this information for their representative and the first their immediate boss. So now it's just sending it off to to Speaker Voss's office as well. So it's unclear if that plays out across all the other offices, but that's that's one example here. And then I'm just curious how long this process will continue. Um, I talked to uh, Voss's spokeswoman, Kit Byer, about this, and she said it would continue, <laughs> but it's, it's unclear if this is just for the remainder of the session, which ends um, at the end of this year, or if it'll um, carry on through Governor Evers' entire first term in office and, and maybe beyond um, to whoever, if he runs again or whoever succeeds him, or if it'll change the second there's a new assembly speaker. It, it's really unclear um, what's going on with this. Anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to talk about? No, I, I just really appreciate being here in studio with you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brianna. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brianna Riley, who spends her days in the state capitol finding the most important state government stories for Cap Times readers. Tune in next week for a conversation with higher education reporter Yvonne Kim. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Madsplainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening.
This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.